0: let's see what's on board today hey everybody welcome back to educational triage this is tony and i have the wonderful philip aloha good to see you alongside with me hey before we get going make sure that you hit that notification bell make sure that you hit that subscribe button And also leave us a review and put something in the comments section. It helps with the algorithm, whether you're podcast or whether or not you're YouTube. So this week we are talking about what doesn't mainstream? What don't districts, what don't people understand about alternative ed? Why do they? I, I suppose the question is. Why? Why? why do they want to fix alternative ed when it ain't broke? Oh, that's really well put. Why does everyone
1: want to fix alternative ed? And and when they don't know anything about it.
0: They don't ask questions. And what they'll do, here's (laughs) what they'll do. They'll go to somebody who they think is smart, and they will ask them, tell me about alternative ed. And that person has never even been to a conference. They've had absolutely no training or anything. They were just dumped in the job. They were told to run with it. And they don't even want to be there.
1: Yeah. They'd
0: yeah. rather do something else. And so they make every and so they make it a less than priority for themselves, which is not what alternative edge should be.
1: Mm, I, I think it goes a little further too. It's almost like there's some of those topics where we have a sort of an opinion about, generally speaking. In education, of course, you're thinking alternative education. I'm an educator. I should maybe know some about this. And they don't know anything really, but they use a little bit of conjecture, a little bit of you know their experience and their knowledge to put it together and come up with an opinion when they never investigated. They didn't actually learn what alternative ed was, just relied on what they think it is and was.
0: It's and all then, based, yeah, based, based on vapid assumptions.
1: Yeah, it's based on a lot of assumption, a ton of it. And I didn't know anything about Altad before I got accidentally hired into it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, I was going to teach careers. You know, it was actually <laughs> uh, sort of a different sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I had no idea, and I had such a no idea that I didn't understand like what the mainstream was doing a lot of times with well, certain things like textbooks and, and pat curriculum and things because we were just flying with our curriculum. It was... Mm-hmm. We were having a good time.
0: It, well, what they... You know, I think you and I were talking, and yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with control. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they they cannot
0: prepared. control. What they cannot control or what they don't understand... They don't feel as though they can control it. And so they want this whole system of compliance. They want yeah. they want something where they can, okay, let's take, for example, because I was telling you about a conversation I was having about the number of hours. So I was asked, "Yeah, how do you meet the number of hours that a student needs to be, Committed to a certain coursework in order to get the credit. So, for example, to get a half a credit, they need to have thirty hours of instruction. Mm-hmm, okay. And so it's been. Said. I said, "Well, we're alternative education. We have all sorts of venues. In order to get there, we have self-directed projects. We have mm-hmm. packets that they can use. We can go online. We have, we have." All sorts of ways, but you cannot take that kid. An alternative kid is a triangle <laughs> or a round kid, yeah, or an octagonal, oct- octagonal kid, octagonal, and you're trying to put yeah. them into this tiny, wee square box.
1: Yeah, you're trying to pound them through the square part on the top, and they're not gonna, and fit. it's
0: just not going to work for them. Yeah, it hurts them. And too. so, <laughs> we take them and we say, Hey, Let's figure out the best way for you to learn. So it's 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 an IEP, except yeah, it's more yeah. of an ILP, an individualized learning program yeah. for uh, each one of those students. So when they come through the door, we look for the best way that they can learn. And how are they going to learn? And we have to fill in the gaps as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the same and,
1: standard, though, I may add. And it's assumed, but we should... Point this out specifically. Those standards that we're shooting for are the same standards that the kids are getting at the regular high schools. Yeah. So we're covering Mm -hmm. that. We're just not covering it in the traditional third period history way.
0: Right. And a student may move at either a faster, Mm -hmm. a slower or at the same pace as, as their peers in that mm. same class. I mean, it, yeah. there are many factors that go in there because yeah. we're looking at the kid's um, environment that is outside of the school. Yes, We're yeah, looking yeah. at the student's abilities. We're looking at the student's past. I mean, every I'm, student uh, has their own story.
1: I'm looking for their interests first and foremost because I can, I can get to almost anything if some, through some interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Skateboarding. I mean, talk about angles and, and degrees and then skill and fitness. I mean, it's, you know, if you can hook a kid through that, you can teach an entire range of topics.
0: Let me come back to skateboards with you. Oh,
1: Oh, ouch. Every time I think of a skateboard, I hurt myself. (laughs) Those guys are good, but but they go down a lot.
0: (laughs) But basically, the student feels noticed. They feel heard. They feel yeah. like somebody is actually looking out for them, and they build that relationship. And they're
1: focused on it because they like it. It's like, well, now that, that I want to learn about.
0: <laughs> and if they're frustrated and they can't do something about it one day, let's say that Philip comes into class and Philip is having troubles, and Philip's had a really rotten night. I mean, all kinds of stuff yeah. may have happened to Philip. Yeah. We're not going to go into any war stories here. But we need to take care of Philip because if we can take care of Philip, then Philip will continue to come back and Philip will continue to learn with us. And we don't want to lose him. And so we build that relationship because as I've said with every one of my programs, we are a family. And I'm not saying that because I had a principal who kept saying, we are a family people. We are a family. (laughs) And, and and we we weren't even a team. Yeah, they, it was if family. we were a family, we might as well have been like bandidos all separated all around the world trying to build our own empires, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, it made we absolutely
1: like European
0: families. <laughs> he just liked to throw that word around and he finally came to the point where somebody stopped me from looking at him the last time that he said we are a family <laughs> and calling him daddy daddy. <laughs> well yeah i mean i just thought that made as much sense as him saying family so anyway <laughs> but it's if true. we are if we are supposed to adhere to the exact same rules and regimentation as the mainstream classroom what's the difference <laughs> sorry thanks then just drilled in the then mark. then, yeah. then get the oops program out of there. I mean, you have no right to have an alternative program in your district or your school. That is not what alternative ed is. And if you cannot find the information and you go to somebody and they tell you what they think it is, because they're, because they're well-educated, that doesn't mean anything. You need to go to find the right person. I had somebody come to me and they said, what is this thing that we have to do in our building now? Because we had an alternative ed director who thought he knew what was going on, told me that there was nobody in the Department of Education that was that was working with alternative ed and just all this weird stuff. And I made some phone calls and I spoke to other people at other districts and they said, yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. There are people down there in in the Department of Ed who work directly with, al- with the Alternative Ed mm-hmm. departments yeah. and schools and administrators. And I got in touch with them and we talked. And just as I thought, the rules that I knew that were in place, because I worked on the board of Alternative Ed for the state organization for several years. And... I He and I spoke, and I said, okay, are you willing to take phone calls? I had to go (laughs) to building principals. I had to go to the administrators at the district office and explain it to them. I had to talk to HR. I could not believe what I had to tell people, and yet they still couldn't get it. And I had them call this guy. And so they called him. Then they called me for follow-up. And they said, how do you know so much? And I said, how long have I been in this district? And how long have I taught alternative ed? And they said, well, quite some time. And I said, do you not think that I don't know alternative ed and the laws? Granted, I did have to go in with my cohort who I was working with at the time, and we went looking for it because she knew that it existed as well. These laws that said that this guy was completely off his rocker. But I think that sometimes you have people who have a little bit of information And those are the most dangerous people because they will screw everything up for everybody else. I think you're right. And so now they have a director of alternative ed who doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. They have I'm not talking about the Department of Ed. I'm talking about the district. They have people who are in there who say that they are alternative ed and they're anything but. Mm -hmm. You have people who are too afraid to say anything. And the whole thing is... I think you and I talked about it earlier, and I mm-hmm. said, you know, sometimes programs have a shelf life, possibly. Um, yeah. And this is what happens. This is what happens to them.
1: Some, somewhere in my research, <laughs> I'll have to look this up, I'll get my assistant to do that, um, we, I, I discovered, and maybe we'd even said this, that generally speaking, programs last about two to three generations at the most before they break down. And I didn't know that I thought, you know, we could build this and build this and build this up. Where'd we go? And they kind of get the two and then they break down. And that's what happened in the case of myself is we were really humming. I mean, nationally recognized, kind of under the radar, people come visit us, see how we did it. It was really simple to explain too: relationships, rigor and relevance basically. And um, that just kind of went away over the years. And now, there's an awful lot of like, online learning, and I did mm-hmm. three years of that, and that's only desperately needed, ca- only needed in desperate cases, rather. I mean, just, it's not real good. It, I never felt good about it. After I'd, I'd administered it for about a semester, I went, this is not, this is patchwork at best. It's certainly not an education, and it's not alternative education, because anybody can log in and do it. So,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had kids who later told me that they had one of their relatives do the work for them.
1: Oh, you see, oh, goodness, I didn't, I thought of that. You, you know, you pay somebody to write your paper, pay somebody to take your class, they're not there to see it. They just assume somebody <laughs> won't take a hundred dollars to take your history class.
0: And somebody said, well, they need to have their diploma taken away. And I said, <laughs> nah, not going to. I mean, you put them in that position. Where you told them that they had to learn this way, and they said, "I can't get it this way," and we were trying to figure out another way to do it, yeah. and sure. you came down and said, "Absolutely not! They will do what we tell them to do." That's the origin I mean, story of alternative ads. <laughs> I mean, it was the ultimate dictat. Yeah, it was like that's know?
1: why we have alternative ads. Like you said, I can't do the work this way, and they're gonna they're gonna innovate, duh. <laughs>
0: And this was from somebody sure. who had been, who, who had experienced alternative ed as a high school student.
1: What? They, they didn't learn. Ooh, ooh. That's, that's a thing. You think people I are hate learning to say it, and hello. they don't.
0: <laughs> Philip, I hate to say it, but it's one of your former students.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I've had nightmares about that because the whole reason I set out to teach was to kind Mm -hmm. of erase stupid from the world. Now I wasn't ever doing it with my opinions. I wasn't going to say vote this way or do this, but I was going to just present information and say, yeah, and here's the reality of some information. And here's, you know, the information, know where to put it in the context of life. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't be stupid. (laughs) You can be ignorant and Fix that, but just don't be willfully stupid. <laughs> and,
0: uh. Well, well, I think some people, once they get a little taste of power, I think, yeah. I think that their brains kind of, I don't know where their brains go. I really don't. I, don't think, I think that yeah. they just, yeah. You don't have I it don't in your head, go. I don't
1: think. To where it goes, I don't think you have that. I know. I, don't I think
0: you time. lose sight. Here's <laughs> here's what it is, and I think you know. Sure. We talked with Joe about this, Joe McQueen yeah. from Calming Young Minds. Yeah. And I think we also talked with uh, Tara Garcia Mathewson about this. And it is, if you don't have the student's best interest at heart from the very beginning. Mm. Yeah. You don't belong in education.
1: That's the truest test. You're right. If that's not the primary
0: thing now, you have, now yes. you yeah. cannot be overly empathetic. I no, mean, no, you no, have no. to. We're not. You have to have lines. Yeah,
1: an intelligent interest in helping kids. Period. I mean, and you happen to be in education because that's what we chose. We could have gone into coaching or social work but we chose education we thought it was a one-on-one right. way it's a vocation yeah like i said i thought i just i got kids out of high school at least don't be stupid you can make mistakes and get out there you can be ignorant you know and build on it but just don't be intentionally dumb <laughs> i used to get i used to rail on them because we talk about things like florida man you know put head in alligator's mouth and guess what happened kind of stuff that's stupid you guys you know it's that's a prime well, example of an extreme.
0: Well, what kills me is the fact that they talk about how they don't have the money for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And they spend the money on on programs that they say are helping our students. Well, the programs are not helping our students. Well, they, don't, students.
1: Yeah. Well, they just would if and, you and, do it the and, way they said you should
0: do it. And... <laughs> they're I mean, they're spending millions of dollars doing these things. Yeah. yeah. And they're not using their teachers. In fact, what they've done is they have relegated the teachers to a paraprofessional. Oh. Because yeah. the teachers are no longer teaching. All they're doing is monitoring.
1: They'll actually hire paraprofessionals in place of teachers. They say there's a teacher shortage, but they don't
0: hire them. It's strange. Well, they lower the requirements for them. Yes, they do. Yeah. So they say that teachers are important. However, we're going to skip the training and we're just going to put people in there. We're going to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one state decided that they were going to have the National Guard or Army or whoever people in the reserves come in and they were going to teach. And those people just threw their arms up and just left because they said, no way, I can't control these. So, because yeah. there's more to teaching than just crowd control. Well, who's,
1: then who's controlling education? I mean, what, what, what are we, what's education for then? Who's supposed to benefit? That's a
0: great question. Who is controlling education? I would
1: say the shareholder. The omnipotent, (laughs) shady, vacuous, sort of vaporous shareholder. The prime dollar. And we've just adapted it to the public sector instead of the prime.
0: Except you just called the government a corporation.
1: I did, and I intentionally did so. Because I think we've become a corporation. The United States of America Incorporated. Government for the government government for corporations, by corporations, and of corporations. Period. Everyone behave like you're a part of a corporation, including the public sector.
0: I will agree.
1: Yeah, that's what I think's driving it. No one like you said, the prime thing, those dumb teachers are there for the kids. Administrators are there for the corporation.
0: Administ- right. Administrators are there for the grift.
1: They're there. They're there for the corporation. They're running the ship. The ship is I will not say,
0: a good ship. I will. S- and, you know, I can't, we can't speak for all administrators. There are some very, very good, good, good administrators. Absolutely.
1: That's a, yeah. But the wonderful whole system, one. There. like Joe McQueen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there are great administrators who are trying to break, to break it down. But they're really swimming upstream against a
0: heavy-duty current. It's just, wow. <laughs> and, and you know, we did, we did that two-part series on reading your school district in your schools. Oh,
1: yeah, that was fun.
0: And so those are things, you know, and if you take a look at those, those are things that you can look at to see whether or not your district actually cares about the kids. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. A lot of districts are worried about graduation rates. There was a kid who I worked with, and they put me in charge of him because they didn't know who else to give him to. Oh, I've had that <laughs> because they wanted because he needed to learn how to work on his reading yeah. and comprehension because he was at a sub first grade level
1: as a how how old's this kid?
0: The kid was a junior at the time. Oh, wow, <laughs> sweetest kid, sweetest oh, kid. Yeah, in the world. I'm just
1: thinking about all the. Work. But he
0: hardly ever showed up, like, and hmm. I was to do it all online. What? I was to. It was going to be part of this online curriculum that they had given us to work. And they with. didn't give you a magic. And they wand. said, <laughs> and so he would go in there and he would do his work. Huh. And nobody worked with me. I made multiple phone calls to try to figure out what was going on in this whole thing. And the next thing I know, the next year, the kid looked at me and he goes, guess what? And I said, what? He said, I'm graduating. I said, that's great. I said, wait, what a minute. Wait a minute. Are you reading now? And he said, kind of. People read to me. And I said, what about the writing part? And he said, people, I, I just dictate to the computer. And then people help me fill in the dots. <laughs> Literally, people help me fill in the dots, meaning periods oh, wow. and the punctuation. But yeah, the dots. So he graduated because the district was more desperate for him to graduate oh, than they were for him to actually get the the type of education that he Required, yeah, in order to be successful.
1: I can tell you if you have a kid reading that low, it's a huge, monumental task to bring them up.
0: It can be done, but you can't do it in one semester and they have (laughs) to be consistent. No, no, they have to be consistent, (laughs) they have to be consistent. Hard,
1: hard work, and you can bring that up. To a yeah. pretty 80-grade level-ish kind of thing, maybe. Maybe if they're good at it and they just never tried, then, wow, I like reading and writing. It's good. <laughs> like, yeah, see? Maybe you should come to school. <laughs> That's usually what right. it was. They didn't go to school. They just found ways to stay away from doing stuff for well, years. I
0: think in his in his circumstances, it had something to do with family, yeah, had yeah. to do with poverty. It had to do yeah. with the, all the moving. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of so, ways it
0: happens. Right, and he was a great much. guy. Yeah. He really was right. a great, great guy. But he gets the same piece of paper that says that he can read and write and do arithmetic.
1: Well, he and then people will say, you know, people are being sent out of high school and they don't even know how to read and write. And and I take exception to that because I've never had that happen myself with a student, but. Yeah, apparently it, it does, and it does make us look terrible. I mean, you can't give somebody that
0: basic proficiency-level
1: diploma, and then they don't have the basic, basic proficiency.
0: But those are the anomalies. Those I mean, are, those are yeah. the exceptions to the rule. I mean, for the most part, most yeah. people, most students, they are they're pretty well-versed. I had lunch the other day with a former student, And we were talking and he said, you know, I don't remember anything that we did in class. I said, really? Yeah. He said, all I remember is that you made us write a lot. And he said, but what I also remembered was that you read to us. And so we didn't have to do a whole lot of reading when we went home. Mm -hmm. But you you tried to work with us so that we got all of our work done in the classroom. You tried to keep us from having to do homework. But he said, but I really didn't care. And then on one of my papers, you wrote, you know, you can do so much better. This is not a reflective work of what you're capable of doing. And he said that that was the one thing that started a fire in his belly. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, nobody had ever told me that before. Nobody had ever seen any potential in me. Nobody had done anything for me. And he, and I said, oh my gosh. I said, because you do really well now. And he said, well, yeah. Because you made me write those papers and you made me do well. And you weren't going to accept second best from me. Right. And I said, Thank you, that's one of the highest compliments you could pay. Me. I would say, yeah. But you know, the, all I did was I took alternative education tenets and brought them into a mainstream classroom. <laughs> yeah,
1: go figure, and they
0: worked. <laughs> For the most part, they did. Yeah, but because you always have, you always have the one-off. You know, you know,
1: I can give you an example of it not working. Here, here's a good one. Okay. So I'm an alternative I'm, I'm the alternative ed guy. Uh, when I get, when I do uh, subbing sub jobs, uh, it's getting to the point now where at least one or two students will walk into every classroom and go, Hey, it's you, you know, and they like seeing me. And I like that. I like being seen. Um, I, my standard is to do what's usual and customary. That is, if you need to pass to the bathroom, take the pass, you know, do work. Um, You know, if you're not going to do work, don't disrupt other folks and make your deadlines. You know, your teacher, things like that. Okay, it works out in the classroom. When I do P.E., it's insane. I can't control a P.E. class very well at all. I mean, they're rude. (laughs) They curse like crazy. They're all over the place. And it's like and the coach that I'm working with wants everyone to keep moving. It's P.E. You, you know, be walking anything don't sit down and i'm like i don't nag people you know it's like oh this is not working and i actually tell people listen i know this is awkward but it's p you got to keep moving and i've explained to a lot of people you know the reasoning the point is this p.e class is sort of absurd the whole structure of having to wait you know at nine ten in the morning we will do something for 55 minutes or 50 minutes you know and do it keep moving you must move keep moving it's this is pe that's how you get your credit and it's like and then i started talking to kids and i, th- I said okay do you do anything outside of p he goes oh yeah i'm a dancer oh I'm, I'm in cheer i play soccer i go what would you say you played you cheered more than like four hours a week oh yeah you know when we were there after it we're you know we're practicing an hour after school and, and a couple on the weekends i'm going okay And now you have to come to P.E. and pretend to be physical to get your credit. The whole system is and they know it and they just rebel like crazy against it.
0: Well, it depends because I remember when when I was in high school and we had P.E. Yeah, we loved P.E. We went down there because we just had the best. You're
1: one of those guys. I have kids sneaking into my class. You, you don't belong in this period. Get out. I don't need extra students. It's so weird. Yes, you're one of those kids. It's wonderful. Well, no, I wasn't the only one. (laughs) They
0: just. I wasn't the only one. No, there's a group. And the reason was, was because back in those days of the covered wagons. (laughs) Yeah, square balls. We had to let out steam somehow or other. Yeah. And we got to play soccer, we got to play basketball, we got to play baseball, yeah. we got to go running, we got to do all kinds of stuff, <coughs> yeah. we got to play dodgeball. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were cruel with those balls. We we really slammed them. Yeah. But the thing is, is if you take how many of those kids are actually active? Think about I mean, you oh, talk. To I'm someone. not
1: going to argue that PE. You know, I think PE is important. What I was pointing it, out, though, like every day, sort of at nine to ten something, you will be doing PE. <laughs> the kids are like, uh,
0: they rebel well, the against the system big time. How do you structure the class then? Yeah. So that kids want to be there and they can participate. That
1: would be the, that. I thought to myself, if this was not a, a kind of a long-term, little short-term, long-term sub-job of PE, mm-hmm. I would definitely have something that was interesting. <laughs> I would go out of my way to figure out what we could get that would everyone would dig on. And that's the alternative me. But since I'm not being able to do it, and I'm kind of being told, keep moving. it's like this whole system is like really hard to work under. It's kind of absurd, and I would
0: say I would say you could have like a dance studio at one point, oh yeah, but wait, 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 what what, what? i I chaperoned school dances. you gotta chaperone that room oh, well. the way that they dance.
1: Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. I would definitely. Yeah. I mean, we would. Yeah. I would be present. I wouldn't go, you guys, here's the video. Have at <laughs> in fact, I, I like to learn with them. I shot yeah. so many basketballs in the last three days. And I swear to goodness, they hit the rim, like in the back and the front rolled in and went out, rolled out and went in. I mean, it's like nothing went down. It was like, I was the best example of how to gracefully shoot badly. <laughs> but, it was, but I was learning how to do it. And they're going, you're almost getting it Summer's. Uh-huh. I go, no, I'm still not getting it. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's fun stuff. I would definitely, I told a couple of kids that. If it was my class, we would have some really cool stuff to do. I would go out of my way to make it
0: interesting. The interesting thing about kids, even in high school. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you're going to have, and I keep saying this, you're going to have that one <laughs> or two. But they're, or two, <laughs> but they're really little kids at heart. Yeah, and right. so you can read them things like, Miss Nelson is missing. That can be a perk for them to do oh, really well oh, yeah. for a day. If they do really well for one week, you read them a story on Friday. If, um, play their music and they love that, that stuff.
1: In the gym, there's an audio system. Let them play their music. You know, okay, it's your day. Tomorrow's your day. Pick a good playlist. Yeah, Does it really feels. It, there's something good. Feels like, oh, that's my music and banging in the gym. I like this. Yeah,
0: kids like yeah. that. Yeah, how do you empower? <laughs> how do you empower the students? Exactly. What are you doing that comes along with what they want? Mm. But if you are in a mainstream classroom teacher mentality, and I'm not going to say that I'm I've never been guilty of this. Mm. But you go in there and you become authoritarian. A lot of teachers rule with authoritarian. Authoritarian style
1: versus yes. authoritative, which is a respect yes.
0: earned. Or even, even as a mentor, a guide. Mm, yeah, yeah. Where you know, where the students come in and you talk to them and, yeah. and they feel as though, you know, this is kind of a group thing that's going on. Yeah. And it's not the sage on the stage.
1: The sage on the stage. I like that.
0: It's not about just one. It, and what's really interesting is I was going through my tweeter. <laughs> I think it was Twitter. I don't, I don't Something remember which one it was. Health. Well, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> somebody had, it was Twitter, and it was this principal who I kind of follow, and he had just come back from a Kagan workshop. Kagan. Kagan Cooperative Learning. Some people might say, my kids would never do that because they are too advanced for that. Guess what? Adapt it. If you cannot adapt your materials to fit your class to make it more exciting and more integral and do things with it, then move your butt out the door because it doesn't matter who you're teaching. If kids don't see the relevance, if if you're not adapting, if you're trying to punch those shapes through that little square, it ain't going to work. And so – Cooperative learning actually works so well and you learn it, they learn it. And so it's a learning process, but in the, in the process of doing it, you become a team. And so it's like mm-hmm. this whole community that's doing the same thing. And he was talking about how wonderful it was. And so part of me was thinking, you know what? I kind of feel like I need to reach out to them and talk to them yeah, because I think that, this is a wonderful time for a resurgence of cooperative learning techniques. It'd be I nice. I mean, seriously.
1: I would I was hoping that after the pandemic things might change, but it appears to me that schools are doubling down on the old structure. they're, they're really desperately trying to And they're doing the it so room. badly. They're doing it terribly. They're, Everyone's trying so hard. They don't so know hard. what doing. they don't. They don't, and it's it's really interesting. It, it's It's putting out little fires everywhere you know, have you seen this student? They're skipping that, this, this, you know, instead of asking, why is that student skipping? Why, why is that student? How is it the student can walk into other people's classrooms? That's a new one to me. I just, I'm teaching and someone walks into my, like, some kid that's not in my class just walks in and starts talking to one of my students. Like, hello, this is some of the well, school culture. Sub. Well, yeah, technically, but they do it to other <laughs> classrooms. It's like, <laughs> I guess oh, like, they did the subs. They go, No, we did it the other ones. I go, what? <laughs> so that the norm that's set down. And the
0: kids say, Oh, it's okay. He's my friend. He's my he's my buddy. And it's, it's like, no, not while you're in class. Yeah, but this is his lunch, and we don't have the same lunch. You have the same break
1: time. It's like, dude, yeah, this is not no. It, this isn't no, you guys figure out
0: another time.
1: Well, the whole structure too is set up so that so-and-so is going to be unavailable every fourth period. They're in Mrs. Johansson's English class. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> instead of, hey, can I go talk to Eddie about this thing? I want yes, but after you do, I need work deal. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I used to do that a lot. Yeah, you got five there, and I get the next 45 <laughs> after that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good tool, because, okay, and they don't just do stuff innovatively. In between the cracks of the rules.
0: So, okay. So mainstream, they tend to have a huge discipline problem. They do. And I'm not going to say that alternative programs don't as well. Mm -hmm. I remember we told our students that if they, I finally had enough of it because I was not going to babysit during fourth block. (laughs) These kids don't want to be in here. Why are we forcing them to be in here? They're not getting any work done. So basically, I said, if you have no work to do, you're off campus. You're gone. Or you can stay in here and you can work quietly. But it's not going to be a little coffee clatch where you just sit around and chat and do all this other stuff. And so... Then I received a call from security and I received a call from the principal, and they said, Hey, we have these kids and they are committing acts of thievery. Well, you need to come up here and look at these videos. And I came up and I looked and I said, Yeah, that's them. They said, So what are you going to do about it? And I said, You know what? I'm going to play by your rules here. I'm on my prep are you telling me that I need to be watching these students on my prep? If so, then we're going to go back all the way to September and you're going to have to retroactively pay me for that time. Mm. And once we have that considered done, then I will address this issue. (laughs) I never had another problem with that again. I bet not. But it, it, took something like that for them to realize that my job is not to babysit the students because they said, we need you to escort them off campus. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not escorting 40 kids off campus.
1: (laughs) But how else are you going to control them, Tony? You need to control the situation And form it to your specifications. And if it doesn't, there's problems. Exactly. (laughs) And you're right. There are. But it's your problem.
0: (laughs) Well, it's not my problem. And I got tired of them telling me it was my problem. God, it's crazy. And my cohort was not very happy with me because at the time she was the director. And (laughs) she said, we're the kids. And I said, I let them go. She said, why? And I said, because this is my prep. And if they want to be here to work, they can be here to work. I am not going to force them to be here Mm -hmm. and babysit on my prep. Right. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's not.
0: So, you know, I mean, we had so little free time as it was. Exactly. But. They don't understand that in the mainstream. They think that that's all we do really is babysit. They think that what the, okay, let me give you something. That's true. When we created the high school completion and credit recovery program, there was a kid who was, I don't know what year he was, but he came in and he worked for about three to four weeks to finish up a credit that he needed to do. Mm. He went out and he told everybody, I got my credit for first semester. I'm done with my first semester credit. This is towards the end of second semester. Mm. And everybody said, wow, you didn't have to retake the class? And he said, no, I did it in credit recovery. And they said, what'd you do? And he said, all I had to do was write a paragraph and then I was done. (laughs) So his teacher heard this And filed a complaint.
1: Based upon what he said. What he had told them. Well, her sources are stellar. And I
0: saw saw this teacher, and I said, can we talk? And she said, I will not have you erasing any of the work that I have been trying to do with my students, just so they can write a paragraph. And I said, yeah, I heard about that. Can we talk? And she said, I refuse to speak to you. The department chair came to me and said we have an issue and I said she said I tried to talk to this teacher and I said and she said I gave her all the materials and she refused to look at them mm-hmm. and she's filing the complaint contempt
1: without prior investigation
0: so she got all these other people on board with her oh Time to look and then silly. the admin called me in and said, what's all this ha? And I said, there is no brouhaha. I'm not brewing any ha-ha. <laughs> I said, a student came in and bragged and didn't tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. And I, I caught wind of it. I tried to speak to her. One of my cohorts who's teaching the course and taught the kid tried to speak to her. Everybody's tried to teach, show her, give her the materials, everything, and she refuses to listen. And they said, Well, it sounds like your mess that you need to clean up. And I said, No, it's yours. You're the administrator. Fix it. Yeah. And I turned around and I walked out. Yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> and I was, I know the listeners and all of you out there probably think, I'm not very popular with administration, and that's probably very true. I'm <laughs> very happy. And it's a good thing. <laughs> I've,
1: I've come to own it as a true badge of character.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of teacher who goes walking down and goes into an administrator's uh, office and shuts the door and sits down and says, let's talk. We need to talk. <laughs> Hold his calls. Hold her calls, please. <laughs> So um yeah, I there's there's this real disconnect, and not one of them ever asked, What are you doing? <laughs>
1: yeah, no one ever asked, is it true, or or
0: what, what what no, they don't even ask to see the curriculum, they don't even ask, How are we doing this? I had one tell me, Well, you know now that we have this off and going, here's what we're going to do. And I said, you will not F this up. And he looked like I'd slapped him. And I said, good, you heard me. And he said, what did you say to me? I said, you will not F this up. And he said, what are you saying? And I said, we barely have a pilot running right now. And you're already talking about ways of screwing it over (laughs) because one counselor wants to do X, Y, and Z with it. We need to be able to see what's working, where the kinks are, and then next year we will take it on a bigger study and run it with more students to see where else we need to take Are you it.
1: familiar with Chesterton's fence? It's a philosophical no. question. A man's no, walking, a no. woman's walking across this vast prairie, can see in all directions, and there's a fence right in the way fence goes forever can't go around it so what do you do do you just break it down just go through it you know so you think about that right chesterton's fence represents the reason why that fence is there there's a reason that fence is there you should probably know why it's there first before you break through it you should probably understand what events came to put that fence there before you just break it? And that's the philosophical question. People don't think that. They come across Chesterton's fence and they just blast through it. Like, well, I'm on a journey and this fence is here and I'm going through it. Why is there a fence in the middle of nowhere? You've never stopped to think about this fence maybe having a purpose, a reason. Maybe there's a good reason this fence is here.
0: It It is a shiny new object. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to deal with it. I would go into EBIS meetings, <laughs> effective behavioral yeah. intervention strategies. It was a group of us. It was teachers, admin, and counselors. And we would we would investigate what's going right, what's going wrong, and we would discuss certain students and maybe some strategies around them. But I spent one entire day not day but meeting and I had some kids from (laughs) publications going around asking people what alternative programs we actually had in the building. We had high school completion, we had credit recovery, we had CE2, which is community experience for career education. And you know, and then we had a couple of others. Mm. Well They went around, they asked the kids. The kids had no idea, except some of them did. Some of them knew, some of them didn't. Ask teachers, who I was very familiar with that I talked to on a regular basis. They had no clue. (laughs) They had absolutely no clue. And then when they were asked what these programs did, they said they had no clue. They asked the administrators, and they tried to answer it, but it was very clumsy and so we were there, and I said, this is where we are with our programs. How many of you actually know what we're doing in our programs? And they just stared at me, and they said, we find this insulting because you're, you're, you're setting us up. And I said, no, I want you to be aware that we have these programs here. You keep trying to take advantage of it. You, and a couple of you keep trying to ch- uh, change our programs to meet what you want. But we meet the needs of the students, not you.
1: Ugh, I can't believe. I'm and they
0: could not understand me. that. So yeah, they couldn't.
1: Um, We're defend I'm defending a fence. God, I've never defend. I've never defended anything that held things back for all my life, but it's true.
0: It's. I just found it so yeah, interesting. They don't know. And so I- So, you know, then I realized we had to do a bit of a PR campaign. So we began one. Yeah, yeah, you try to. And that helps. But, you know, it's – so I think what I'm saying is if you are in alternative ed, you've got to figure out an effective way to campaign for your program for whatever it is. If there's a school newspaper, get in it. Use it. Mm -hmm. Get out there. Um, figure out ways if you are there for the students and you're fighting with your administrators. as I said to somebody earlier today you can you can always just go ahead and do what you're going to do, and you can apologize later, or you can teach them and elucidate what it is that alternative Ed is and why it is the way that it is and it's always about students it's always and you're still meeting the same goals you just go about it differently mm-hmm. they want differentiation this is ultimate differentiation mm-hmm. yeah. you may be using udl you may be i lord knows what you're using i've been known to use probably 20 different strategies in the classroom at the same time depending on what the students needed. I'm, Every single student requires a different the strategy.
1: same thing I've done And you like, know the same thing. Yeah, I've done techniques and later found out, oh, that's the name of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just made common sense in the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah.
0: So uh. what mainstream doesn't get, I think, is the fact uh-huh. that the students are the center of our programs. The students and their learning are at the center of our programs We are around them as kind of a buffer from the out, in a sense, to keep them. Maybe that's not a good. Okay, the students are at the center. We are there. We orbit around them to try to keep them in their orbit. That's true. In their and keep them. That's our
1: purpose. Our purpose is the student, basically. That's right. To accommodate the students, teach them. Mentor exactly. them. That's it. That's, that, that's my purpose in life, basically, is to be a teacher. And, that's and, is, you
0: know? and next week, we're going to talk about juvenile justice schools. <laughs> yeah. um, and one thing that I think teachers in alternative ed need to be aware of is know your strengths, know your weaknesses. If you know and you are confident and you are competent... In another subject area, you can teach that area. Look at the state laws. Read your state laws. Get familiar with them. Get involved with the state organization. Get to know the person at the Department of Education who is in charge of alternative ed. Speak with them. Figure out whether or not they're actually competent. Because they could be your biggest advocate. And start looking at other ways that alternative ed is active in your area and start going out there. Believe it or not, maybe it sounds like we're adding another layer onto you, but what <laughs> we're actually doing is we are providing you with more support and it's actually invigorating. It is. It's a breath of fresh air.
1: It is. And uh, spread the word about what all did. Ed- is and what it isn't but geez man, people don't and know. while
0: you're at it yeah. make sure that you've subscribed if you're looking for the podcast on all the platforms
1: from around DeMundo, corner to the rest of the universe
0: that's right <laughs> okay and so with that I'm going to say sayonara Philip Aloha and we will see you next week until then bye bye